We thank you, Lord, for this morning, Lord God. We thank you again. We thank you, Jesus, for 2024. We thank you, Lord God, that you protected us all as individuals and as a church in 2023. We, th- we thank you, Lord, that, that we can see that through last year you, you made us stronger, Lord God, and that you prepared us you know, for this new year. And I pray, Lord, that this will be an amazing year in your presence, Lord God. I pray that this church will be a church, Lord, that is known for walking in your presence this year. That this will be a church, Lord God, that will be, be known for your presence and for your the manifestations here, Lord Jesus. I, th- I thank you, Lord, for today that we can again as a church as a family come and worship you together where we can just come and proclaim glory to your name because you are the king of kings the lord of lords you are the one who builds this church and i pray lord that through this word this morning that you will convict our hearts lord god that holy spirit that you will stir something within us all, Lord, to create a lasting hunger for you and for your presence. Yes, Lord, that today is the the, uh, day that we will all start afresh, that we will all start anew, and that we take our walk with you, Lord God, to the next level. We thank you for that, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that you will protect the word this morning, that you will protect our hearts, Lord God, that there will be no distractions that keeps us from hearing what you have for us today and for this year. And I pray, Holy Spirit, as we are just here now, that you move between us, Lord God, that you move between us, between every chair, that your manifest presence is felt and known here this morning. We thank you for who you are. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can sit. You can sit down. Take your seats. <laughs> I think I also need to, um, to recharge my, my away gig, my English. Awesome. It's good to see everyone here this morning, yeah? Did you, uh, um, did you all have a good holidays? Yes, no? Yes? Uh, this is going to be a good year. We must, we must start fresh. We must start on a strong foot. We must start with a, a joy. Because why? It's the joy of the Lord that strengthens us. And if you feel weak already, man, you need the Lord's joy in your life. Because it's only through Him that we're going to make this year. Amen? Amen. So I'm happy to be back. Um, so so um, as you guys know, um, every year we, we have what we, what we call uh, the word for the year for our church. Um, when we, at the end of, the, of a year, we normally sit, me and Marissa, and we pray and we ask and we walk with the Lord and, and, and we ask Him, Lord, um, Thank you for last year, but what do you have for us for this year to come? What is, what is the direction that we should take as a, a, ch- a church um, for this next year? And I'm, I'm not sure if you guys can remember two years ago. Where are we now? 2024. Hey, time's flying. It's nearly Christmas. In, in less than a year, it's Christmas. Okay. So in 2020, we had a word, um, words. That was focus, trust, and faith, where we said that we can't move with the Lord if we don't have our eyes set on Him. And if we don't have our eyes set on Him, how can we get to know Him? How can we trust Him? How can we have faith in Him? So, so that's what we did and, and worked through as a, a church in 2020 to, yes, I'm lost in time. Last year, the word for the year was righteousness. So someone attended church last year. Well done. <laughs> Donkey Lauren. And, 
and it, um, it, it, it had to do about us and how to change our mindsets and lifestyles to live a righteous life as believers. Um, and the word for, for this year, words, because I, I have one and also my wife, you also have a word, is intimacy and walking in the Lord with favor. Intimacy, favor. And it's interesting to see, um, I, I told my wife this morning, or yesterday actually, that this is not something I, th- I think about. I ask the Lord and He says. So it's interesting to see how He took us from to, to set our hearts on Him, trust Him, have faith on Him, live a, a righteous lifestyle, and now He wants to take that next step with us as a church and have us in a, a deeper, intimate relationship with Him. So it's interesting to see that um, natural uh, progression that the Lord um, has for us. And we can also see that when you look through the, the Scripture, that um, intimacy is one of the, the main things that the Lord has for us and wants from us. And it starts way back in the beginning. So because it starts way back in the beginning with him, let's start way back in the beginning and turn to um, um, to Genesis 1 verse 1. <coughs> 1 verse 1. Okay. My lips are dry. It is hot this morning. It is extremely hot, but you know what? It's going to get even hotter this year, not just in the flesh, but also in the spirit. So enjoy it while you can. Um, today is still a breeze for what is about to come in this church. So thank you for that, Jesus. So if you're all there, um, I'm going to read one verse one. So it says there, it says there, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you can leave that up there just for a while, William. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So if you were ever wondering where it all started, it started in the beginning. Who made it all? God. So there's your answer. If anyone else wants to know, it's in the Bible. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Why? Why did God create the heavens and the earth? Why did God create the heavens and the earth? And if you look at this scripture and if you look at the Hebrew um, text, that word create, it also, means, um, it, it, it also means in a sense to reveal. So as the Lord creates, He also reveals of Himself. In essence, in essence it, it says in Hebrew, um, I must pronounce this right, Bereshit bara Elohim. It means in the beginning God created. But because Hebrew reads from the other side, it can also mean in the be- be- beginning what was made, in the beginning what was made, what was re- um, created, revealed God. In the beginning what was made, in the beginning what was created, revealed God. So why did God create the heavens and the earth? To reveal Himself, who He is to us, His creation. So from the start, why did God create the heavens and the earth? From the start, there was on the Lord's heart this, this, this um, yearning to, to have an intimate relationship with us. Because why? You and me, 
are made in God's image. And that's why we also have that longing within us to have intimate relationships, to have a longing. We have a longing to connect with the people and also with God. So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in those, the first three uh, the words, in the beginning, God um, created, it says so, so, so much that from day one of the creation, um, intimacy with Him that um, is an integral part. Amen? Make sense? So, <clears throat> I'm just going to give a little bit of an of a overview um, because we have a lot to, to sp sp speak about today and then next week and onwards we're going to go a little bit more in depth. But when we talk about um, intimacy with God now, what, what is some of the main hindrances that we, that we have that we, we can't connect with Him so like we, we struggle to connect with, with God. Um, and I'm not going to sit um, too long on this as well because I want to get to all the good stuff. And I hope someone is here taking notes. Is someone taking notes? Because the Lord will speak today. So, some, some hindrances um, to, to, um, to, to, to intimacy. Okay, there's the, the first one, we are scared of the unknown. We... People like to know what's happening. We, we like some surprises, but we are scared of the unknown. If, if we don't know what's happening in my job or in my work or in my this, in my that, I'm, I'm scared, I'm anxious, like what, what, what's, what's going to happen? And the same thing with God. If, if we are scared of what will happen if we open ourselves up to Him, then we don't open ourselves up to Him, and it hinders intimacy with Him. The next one is, we are scared of getting hurt. And, and that's something that we can see as well within our own human relations, that when you, when you open up your heart, when you become vulnerable, and you tell your whole life to whoever, you are scared because what if, what if people get to really know me and my struggles? What if they reject me? What if this? What if that? And we have the same with God. But, but, but what, if, what if the Lord knows about this? Or what if this? What, what if the Lord rejects me? So what if the unknown makes, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand back and not reveal myself to Him. It hinders, it, it, it hinders intimacy. Um, it's uncomfortable. Why do I say it's uncomfortable? Because the same thing with, um, with the people, but especially with the Lord, is when you, when you open up yourself that He gets to know you intimately, it will mean you have to change. It will mean you have to, to sacrifice some things that's in your life that is not um, good in His sight. It means that there's things that you will have to leave behind that you can't take with you to God, to that intimate relationship. It means that you have to to, to obey and to change your lifestyle and your habits and your thinking. It's uncomfortable. Especially, some, some um, I made a note, especially when you, when you struggle with something like um, habitual sin. You know that it's wrong, but hopefully the Lord forgives me and you just go on and on. But it hinders that next level of intimacy that the Lord wants for you because He sees that you're holding on to that thing and not take that away and let Him fill that void. Then, um, thank you for the one amen. So the next thing is busyness. Busy, busy, busy. 
busy, busy. So this year started, and I hear all around, busy, oh, crazy. Yes? Can you say no, then say no. Because we like to fill up our lives with stuff. We like to, you know, there's a gap now. There's a three hours in my, in my one day, and now it's open. But it's, it's hard to sit in that three-hour quiet and spend with the Lord no time and everything. It's hard because then it reveals who we are. It's like a, a mirror. It, 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 it means we have to open up and all those things. So we take good things and we fill the void with that. And again, we don't have time for a God. We fill our days with stuff that feels good, looks good, might be good, but it removes us from having an intimate relationship with God. Busy, 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 busy. Okay. So, if you can say no, say no. Um, what can wait, can wait. Number one is, is your relationship with the Lord, not the world. Not your sport, not your work, not your hobbies. It's Jesus. Number one, seek Him first. Number five, um, your devotion time. So what do I mean by that? It can hinder your intimacy. Devotion time hinder my intimacy? So I've got the Vision app on my phone, and they said to me, if you read this plan, 21 days, you get a badge. Huh? So I read the plan because then I get the badge. So I read it, but it's not truly time with Jesus. If I read the Scriptures for me as an individual, if I read the Word because I want something to preach about, that's wrong. If I read the Word because, you know, I need, yeah, I need something to preach, then it, it's not getting to know Jesus. So yes, I must read the Word, I must spend time in Scriptures, I must do all my devotions and things. That's good and right, but, but I need that quiet, personal, just intimate time with Jesus getting to know Him. Make sense? Um, and your prayer time. How can you, we, we, we say this a lot in marriage counseling, how can you get intimate or how can you get to know someone if you don't speak? So you, you don't share um, your heart or anything, you don't, you just don't speak about how you feel or um, ask how they feel. Um, and it's the same thing with the Lord. If you just seek and father, seek and sop, come as Eric goes up, um, amen, then that's not, that's not going to build your intimacy with Jesus. Because um, he heard it before. There's nothing new under the sun. So uh, talk with the Lord as you talk with normal friends. Amen. And a big thing is, the last one is, and I'm going to speak a little bit about that as well now, is not letting God love us. We sometimes struggle to receive love. So if we struggle to receive love, if we, if we don't allow the Lord to love us the way that He wants to love us, it hinders our walk of intimacy with Him. Okay. Make sense? Yes? So, how then, how then can we have an intimate relationship with God? How do we get there? What are the ways? Now, number one, is to get born again. You have to receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. That's the only way. Because that's where, and I'm going to speak about this in the future, but that's where He, it takes you from a, 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 a being an orphan 
to being a child of God, a son, a daughter of God. But that comes through having accepted Him as your Lord and your Savior. How can you have faith in Him and believe in Him if you are not born again? There's this um, scripture in Matthew 22, I think, um, where the Lord, He asked His disciples, He asked um, His disciples, or they, yeah, He asked them, what is the, the, or they, what? They asked Him, what is the greatest commandment of it all? And He said, um, there's a, a, a slide for that, there's what is the greatest commandment and, and he said to them, love your neighbor as yourself. Amen? Whew, I got you all. That's wrong. Love the Lord. See? Huh? Intimate relationship with God. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind. And then... Secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. Huh? Love the Lord, God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So that's, that's where it all starts. Is it starts with love, loving Him. The, uh, and the next thing is, um, number two is, is that we should... We should walk there. The, uh, there's an intimacy a, a, a cycle. Walk the intimacy a cycle. Um, and for that, I'm just quickly going to turn to John 14, verse 21. John 14, verse 21. John 14, verse 21. Do I have it here? Yes. Okay. I love this verse. It, it says... It's now the Lord that's speaking, and he says that he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Let's just read that again. So he, so the Lord is speaking, says, he who has my commandments, that's what is in the word, it's what the Lord says in His Word. He who has it, so I, I have it, and keeps them. So it means it's a, a practical thing that you apply. It's not something that you hear, and like, oh, that's a good service, and you go home and it stops there. Keep, keep the Word means you apply what is in there. You live according to the Word. The, the Scripture says it is, when you have the Word, you keep the Word, then you love Jesus. And when you love him, his father will love you, he will love you, and he will manifest himself to you. So the, th the three things there is um, stage one is do you love God? If so, obey his commandments. It helps with intimacy. If you love God, obey his commandments. If you only have it, but don't obey it, it doesn't work. So if you love God, obey His commandments. Number two is, um, if we obey, it says that He will reveal Himself to us. He will manifest Himself to us. And if, if we take it back to Genesis 1 verse 1, He created to reveal Himself to us because He wants that intimate relationship. So when we obey, He shows. When we obey, He shows more. When we obey more, He shows more. Um, and then stage three, the more, the more the Lord reveals Himself to us, the more we get to know His heart. And the more we get to know His heart, the more we want to get to know Him. So do you want to get to know God? Then love Him, have His word, obey His commandments. It's, it's, very, it's a repetitive thing. Make sense? You love Him, you obey. 
if you obey, He loves you back. He reveals Himself more. When He reveals Himself more, you want more of Him. And that's something that I would love for myself this year especially. So much more of Jesus. And there's a, 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 a slide there that says, unless accompanied by obedience, prayer and Bible reading cannot bring intimacy. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Unless accompanied by obedience. So you have to live out what it says in the Word. Unless accompanied by obedience, prayer and the, the, the Bible reading cannot bring intimacy. Just on that, just a back story is um, way back in the day with Israel, in the biblical times, they did all the right things. You know, they, they went to the, the temple, um, they did the offerings, they helped the poor and the needy. Um, they, they did all the... They did all the right stuff. But then in Isaiah 58, I think it's from verse 6 to 9 or something, and the Lord said, you know what? That's all good and well, but, but, but you missed it. It's all the good things, but you missed it. This is my heart. This is the, the, the fast that I have to set the, 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 the captive free to... To, um, to break the, sh the, sh and the shackles, da, 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 da. you can read it, Isaiah 58, verse 5 to 9-ish. Like, this is what you need to do. Not that, not all the look good stuff, that the, um, uh, it looks good. This is my heart. This is what I want. Do this, and I will reveal myself m more. He actually said that when they, they do these things, that His glory will look after their rear, which means that wherever you go, He is moving with you, He's protecting you, and He is showing Himself to you. Amen? Make sense? Yes? Okay. Um, then... <clears throat> Then the next thing that, that we can do is to, to, to write whatever he says to us in a journal. Um, because why? It helps us to remember this is what the Lord said. So if, if this is what he revealed to me, then, then it might be something he wants me to pursue. Like, why did he say that? Why did that come to mind? Okay, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look into it. And you get to search his heart more and spend with him the time and get to know who he is. Amen? Who knows the scripture, John 3.16? John 3.16. Does everyone know that? No? Yes. As a believer, you must know that. John Okay. It says there, and it's on the board, let me read it with you, for who? God, I say, um, we are, for God so loved the world that he gave his, his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him um, should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It means He loves you. He loves you so much that He gave everything. He gave His Son, His only Son. He didn't have two or three or four. I'm going to sacrifice that one. I've got five more. No, no. He had one son and he gave everything because he loves you and he wants to, to have that intimate relationship with you. So, the thing that I want to ask you, and we talked about it a, bit, a little bit earlier, how do you get to love a God and have an intimate relationship with him? 
How do you get to love him and have an intimate a relationship with him? And the, uh, and the answer is, let him love you. Let him love you the way that he wants to show his love to you. When you let God love you, you will love him back automatically, reflecting his love back to him. When you let God love you, you will love him back automatically. But it starts with, you need to let God love you. So we must stop with that struggling to receive love mindset. I know some struggle with that, but it's, it's something we need to put behind us and let God love us. Amen. I'm nearly done. And the last, the second um, and the last thing is that we need to fear God. And I'm not going to talk about in what Scripture says now what we need to do to, to, to fear the Lord, but I'm going to just mention some things as well for us as a church because I think it's important to know and to hear. For 2024 especially, some things I picked up um, last year and the year before, um, and, and I know people, different circumstances and things, but if, if we can be on time for whatever work we have or whatever athletic thing we're doing, then we can be on time for what He has for us on a Sunday in church. So let's be on time. Um, things that, that I've, I've seen a lot, and that, that stressed me out a little bit last year, but I didn't talk too much about it. Um, is the words that we use in church, and I'm talking about curse words, when we're walking in the building, when we talk to, 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 to people, when we talk to the pastors, um, let's, let's not do this this year. Um, it happens, and it happens a fair bit, and it's something that it's going to stop today with that, and as a, ch- a church, we're going to keep each other accountable for this year to come, because this is a house of the Lord. This is not a warehouse in Prosperita. This is the house of the Lord. When we, when we enter here, we enter with hearts for Him, and we honor Him, and we honor the, the people here as, as believers. So we keep each other a- a- accountable, with, especially also with what we say and what we speak in church. Um, so please, no, no um, swear words in church, and if we can, also not afterwards. Um, let's, let's, let's honor the Lord with all we have. And my last thing, before I'm going to call Marissa, I'm taking a bit of your time, but lucky you talk fast. I talk long because I stutter, so I'm, I'm legally I can. <laughs> anyway, um, and what, what, what we want this, this year as well is if you can, I know 90% of us are, are Afrikaans, um, but we speak in English, but if you can, bring a Bible to church and a notebook, because why? Especially in this next few um, in the weeks as well, take notes, because the Lord is speaking to you on a Sunday. Some of us, we... We don't spend that much time with him in the week. So if you can here on a Sunday, bring a physical book and a notebook and take notes because the Lord is speaking and then take what he says here on Sunday and go and pray about it and look for his heart for what he said. Um, and that's, that's how you also get to know him more and you grow in intimacy with him. Amen? Make sense? Um, 
I'm going to ask Marissa to, to share um, quickly her. But if you can take the other the microphone, please, my, Marissa. Yep. And I'm going to let her um, just share, and afterwards we'll have the communion. Amen. Fantastic. Can everyone hear me okay? Is Amanoch okay? Awesome. I love that practical tips, Pastor. I actually love it, and I so agree with you, Hannes, because you know what? Even when we were in Cape Town, South Africa last year, uh, we received so many words, even within the sermons, and when I was hearing it, I was like, oh, wow, yes, that's the Lord speaking to me. That really resonates in my spirit, and you know, we recorded many things. We wrote many things down, but even when I, last week, I typed out everything. I got alles uitgetik, I got alles uitgeprint. It goes into our little prophetic journal where we feel God is speaking to us because we want to remember, and you know, even as I did that, from three weeks before, I realized half of it I'd already forgotten. So it was so, such a powerful exercise for me to realize that, you know what, we, we only receive so much, we can only retain so much. So anyway, that's not what I want to talk about. I want to add on to the word that Johannes has for the years, intimacy, and the word that I feel that is attached to that, that is an outflow of our intimacy with the Lord, is favor. Everyone say Favor. I have the favor of the Lord this year. Let it be to those who speak it into being. You know, and last year, the 1st of October, um, I spoke a word where the Lord really started to speak to me about this idea of favor and what is the Lord's favor and how does his favor work? What does it mean? And so I'm not going to repeat all of that. You can go and listen on YouTube. Um, if you want to understand more about that, we unpacked a little bit of that the 1st of October. But I want to share three principles today. And actually, we didn't, we prepared separately. And when I looked at his notes last night, I was like, the Yere is Biesach, because I'm not going to repeat what he said, but everything ties together, and you'll see the golden thread in it. But I want to read you this that I also shared in October, that uh, October was the start, more or less, end of September, the start of the new Hebrew year. You know, there's a different Hebrew calendar. And many of the prophetic words over this new Hebrew year spoke about favor and spoke about open doors and spoke about a release for the children of God. And so I want to read you this, and this is where the Lord really started to speak to me. This is a summary of many of the prophetic words for the global body of Christ. And I want you to, as I read it, I want you to think of your life as a believer. I want you to think about the year that you are walking into, your family, your church, if you are planted here or elsewhere. And it said this, we are in unprecedented times of shaking all over the world, from COVID to the woke movements, to the economic challenges, natural disasters, wars, who can agree the world is in a mess when you look at it from a natural perspective. Prophetic words spoke about how God is preparing to release his divine favor on his people, where he has been quietly raising up people behind the scenes. This divine favor will give his children access to places, access to people, and access to various resources for the purposes of the kingdom. This favor will set people apart, and listen carefully, to receive what they haven't sown. Is it fair? No, it's favor. To receive what they haven't sown, to inherit what they did not build. Lord, help us to hear you this morning. To inherit what they didn't build, to create acceleration in purposes that would normally take generations to bring forth. Do you believe that we serve a God that can accelerate time, that can accelerate his purposes, no matter what we are experiencing in the natural? Amen. All right, this favor is not fair, but it is God's divine favor. It gives us an unfair advantage, opportunities we could never get ourselves, positions of authority we could never educate ourselves for, and at the same time, this favor is also for other people. Who knows that your life is not your own? Your life has got a kingdom purpose attached to bring other people also into the kingdom. It doesn't matter what you do vocationally, you have a ministry. Amen? Say, I get the ministry. 
God's grace, favor, and blessing upon individuals will prove to the world that He is real. And one of the prophetic words that we received four years ago, five years ago now, when we came here in 2019 and when we planted, was that we will harvest where we did not plant. What does that mean? Over the years, over the centuries in Namibia, there's been many missionaries, there's been many incredible men and women of God who have sown this into the soil, into the hard soil, that God wants to raise up new people. He wants to raise up a next generation to take the kingdom before His second coming. And we are going to be part of that end-time harvest. Amen? And so many of the prophetic words, we also receive them. We'll share more with the team. And if you want to be involved, as I said, come next Sunday night, is that we are going to have such a year in 2024 as a church. Corporately, but also if you're planted in here, who knows that the same anointing flows into your life. That's why we need to be planted. You need to be planted in the soil where God has you because the same anointing flows from the top down to every single plant that is in that soil. And so one of the words is a season of massive acceleration. That this uh, house, this movement, and you know, we've had words, we've shared this with you over the years. God has given us a vision for the entire nation of Namibia. So this train is going to accelerate in this next year, and everyone that is part of it, who's planted here, will be part of that, and anyone who joins will be part of that movement. And the, um, the tracks have been laid by Holy Spirit. God has done so much underneath the surface in the last four years to build foundations, and now this train is getting to move. Is anyone excited about that? We are very excited, and that's why we believe God is taking us back, that arrow of pulling us back into the secret place, because we cannot go forward if we don't first go and stay in the secret place. Amen? All right. So what I want to speak about is the divine favor of God, but it adds on to intimacy. Why? Because we cannot seek and expect God's divine favor if we first seek His favor. We need to first see God's face before we can seek his hand. Amen. If you're a parent, you know, you don't want your children to just be sweet and kind and obedient to you because they want something. You want them to be sweet and kind and obedient because they love you and they honor you and they respect you as their parent. Now, it's the same thing with the Lord. As Johannes said, we were created for relationships. He wants a relationship with us first and foremost, and out of intimacy flows divine favor. And so three principles that I'm quickly going to uh, mention to us that I believe will enable us, will position us, is the right word I want to use, will position us to see the favor of the Lord flow in our lives and in our church and in this movement this year. Number one, and I'm reiterating what Johannes said, we need to re-establish habitual fellowship with the Lord. Re-establish, why do I say that? Because many times we do great in our devotional time with the Lord. We do great in pursuing the Lord in private, but then we get busy. Then things of this world come. And then the enemy tries to distract us and he tries to pull us even in ministry, even when you work for the Lord, doesn't matter what you do, and he tries to distract you from that place. So we want to reestablish that habitual place of intimacy and fellowship with the Lord. You know, the Bible says, draw near to God and I will draw near to you, he says. In other words, we can't just sit back and wait for the burning bush moments all the time. We have to position ourselves in a place where God can find us. Obviously, you can find us anywhere, but I need to position myself in a place to hear and to experience Him. And fellowship really equals time. Fellowship with the Lord equals time. And so, just as Johanna spoke about, you know, we can't have a relationship and grow in our fellowship if we never spend time together. That's an obvious thing, but it's the same with the Lord. And there's... Um, an amazing scripture, it'll come up on the screen in True Chronicles 16, verse 9, which says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth so that he may support those whose hearts are fully his. And you know, Milani did a great, if you were here at the end of last year, but again, you can watch on, on YouTube, she did a great word in December, beginning December, on time. 
And the whole essence of her sermon was to steward the responsibility that we have to steward our time. And I've been reading through the books of Exodus and Leviticus. I've just decided I'm going to go deep this year. And uh, you know why the Lord instituted the Sabbath? Remember, they had to work for six days, and on the seventh day, they had the Sabbath. Do you know what one of the purposes of that was? It was actually to teach them as people to steward their time. And that's one of the things that I'm really praying for us as a church, that the Lord will teach us how to steward our time this year. So we don't get to the first week of Jan, the second week of Jan, and feel like, okay, there's alles law holes. And we relate, we get to it. But that's why we want to take these three weeks, 21 days. It takes 21 days to build a habit, by the way. And it's not a New Year's resolution. This is a life habit that, and a rhythm we want to get into. Lord, help us to steward our time. What can my rhythms with God look like this year? Because then everything else in my life will fall into alignment and I don't have to strive for it. Remember when the Lord said to the Israelites, I don't want you on the seventh day to toil. That means I don't want you to strive. I want you to strive. I will provide supernaturally for you on the seventh day when you can just get to a place of resting. And the reason why we sometimes wait for the provision is because we don't follow that principle. And I'm preaching to myself because I was a dinner. So it really takes the hand of the Lord to get me to sit down and relax and wait for Him to move. So that's one of my prayers this year. I want you to look at Genesis 6, verse 8 to 9. For each of these three points, I'm just going to give you one scripture. Almost okay, Domia. Just one scripture. So this point, we want to reestablish habitual fellowship with God. Everyone remember Noah. Noah was an incredible guy. I actually am starting to do a study on his life because I think there's just so much more we can learn from him. But this says... In Genesis 6, verse 8, now remember, the world was in such an evil state at that time. The Lord literally was sorry that he made man. The sin of man became so extravagant that it really grieved the Lord. And he was ready to wipe the entire earth with the floods. But it says this, but Noah, one man, found favor and grace in the eyes of the Lord. In verse 9, it says that these are the records of generations, the family history of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, one who was just and had right standing with God, blameless in his entire evil generation. That's like taking the whole nation of Namibia and only finding one man who wants to follow God. One man, and Noah walked and lived in habitual fellowship with God. And so I just think there is a key in there if we can grasp it. If we can get ourselves in a place and say, Holy Spirit, help me. What does habitually mean? It means to do something regularly out of habit. Whatever that habit looks like for you, we don't have to compare each other's schedules and different things. We're all in different seasons of life. But what is that place? Where is that place with you and Jesus going forward from today? And the next 21 days is a great time to start it. Amen. But I'm telling you now, church, we will not see God's favor. We will not see things fall into place. The things that God has for us, the works that he established for us before the beginning of time to do, if we're not going to seek him first. We're going to have less stress. We're going to have more peace. We're going to have more joy. We're going to walk in favor and in abundance. I mean, it's a good deal. Amen. That's what I believe we need to do. Number two was I believe we need to recommit to a heart of obedience. And I only saw Johannes' notes last night. And I, I prepared the obedience bit yesterday morning. I really believe we need to get back to a place of obedience in the small things as well as in the big things. John 14 verse 15 says this. It's just before the one Johannes read. If you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. And you know what, church? The good news is that the Holy Spirit will give us the ability to do this. The Lord has never asked you and I to follow his guidelines and to follow his leadership without 
the precious Holy Spirit. So there is a grace available if we are willing to step into it. Moses is another Old Testament character that is so, what a, what a great guy. The Bible calls him a friend of God. I don't know who else the Bible calls a friend of God. And you know, Moses was, I've been reading through the last few chapters of Exodus going into Leviticus. And if you want to do yourself a favor, go and read the story of Moses. In fact, I'm going to read a book from Exodus, ne? you're always going to get that with me. I'm just going to tell you to read the whole Bible every week because it's so awesome. And Moses was an obedient guy, a leader of a nation who the Bible calls numerous times a stiff-necked people. Stevenakis. Soos baie Afrikaners. Ek is Afrikaans, so ek mag het sê. Stevenak mense. They were continuously disobedient to the Lord. But Moses decided, one man like Noah, all it takes sometimes for the Lord is one man, one woman. We don't have to wait for the whole of Namibia to obey. We can start. It starts with us. And Moses was obedient. And listen to what it says here. He was obedient to all the Lord's instructions to build the tabernacle. Again, the tabernacle was what? It was a place where God wanted to come and dwell among them. What does that mean? It means his presence. He wanted his presence to be with them, but he required obedience. And so Moses was obedient. And so listen to this. If you want to go to Exodus 40, you can write this down. I think it's on version as well. Verse 16 is not on the screen, but verse 16, Exodus 40, 16 said, Thus Moses did in accordance with all that the Lord commanded him. Personal obedience, what the Lord told him. So he did, and Moses finished the work. And then in verse 34, it's on the screen, it says, Then the cloud, the Shekinah, God's visible dwelling presence, covered the tent of meeting, and the glory and the brilliance of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able, verse 35, to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud remained on it, and the glory and brilliance of the Lord filled the tabernacle. God's manifest presence came upon the people because of one man's obedience. And church, imagine if we can align our hearts and say, Lord, we want to have a heart of obedience. It actually starts with a decision. I remember when we, before we came to Namibia, one of the um, leaders in ministry is a great shepherd from the USA. He said to me, for you and Johannes, I see in the spirit a blank check and all you need to say to the Lord is, Lord, yes, before you even know what he's going to write on it. So it's about having a posture of obedience before you even know what God's going to ask. And do you know how we can trust the Lord to obey his voice? It's because when we get to know him through intimacy, we will know that whatever God asks us to do will always be for the good of us and the good for his kingdom. I mean, that's how we know we can trust the Lord obedience. Remember Abraham, then I'm almost done. Remember Abraham, when the Lord promised him a son, he promised him an inheritance, and he loved this boy. He waited, what, a hundred years. How old was he when Isaac was born? And the Lord asked him, he tested his obedience. He tested his faith, and he said, go and sacrifice the one thing you waited for your whole life. And Abraham, it said, immediately the next morning he arose and he went up because he knew in his heart, I know my God too well. He will not let me kill the son. He had such faith and yet such a heart of obedience. And when they got to the top, before he actually killed his son, the Lord said to him, stop what you are doing. And where was the provision for the sacrifice? It was right there on top of that place at the end of his obedience. And so I really said to Johannes, this struck me so deep. I feel like the Lord is also saying to us, his provisions are strategically located along the pathway of obedience. His provisions are strategically located along the path of obedience. Number three, we need to refuel our spirit of faith. I believe the password for favor is faith. Hebrews, last scripture, and then Johannes is going to end up with communion. Hebrews 11, I'm just going to read verse 1 to 2. It says, Now faith is the assurance, the title deed and confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. 
faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced in the physical senses. And verse 2, it says this, For by this kind of faith, the men of old gain divine approval. I want to pray that this year, if we're going to see the favor of God, if we're going to walk in intimacy with the Lord, we need to have faith like never before. Faith comes how? By hearing, hearing by the word of God. As we are in that place of intimacy, you know what I've learned is sometimes even if I don't have this big Bible reading plan, even if I don't know what to pray, even if I feel tired, me just getting myself into a room or a space alone saying, Lord, I am here. That's all he needs. Amen. So I pray that that would just be our posture and our heart this year. More of God. Who loved that song that we sang, I was made for more. Church, whatever you've experienced with the Lord, if you've been a Christian for 80 years or five minutes, there is more. There is more for you. There is more for me. There is more for your family. There is more for this church. But it's going to take us to walk by faith, to have a heart posture of obedience, and to seek Him and His face in a habitual way like never before. Amen. I pray that's encouraged you, and Johannes is going to end the service for us by leading us in communion. Thank you, Marissa. Um, can the team get me the, the table, please? And just put it in front here. Yes, I shall prepare you, my heart. Yes, I shall Thank you. So, so this the morning for communion, we're going to com combine the, the, the communion and, and, and the offering. And I, pr I prayed about this, the service, and um, what I feel that we should do this in the morning is we all now heard the word, and there was something I know in each and everyone's heart that stirred that, you know, you know what? This is, this is something I need to lay down this year. And if you are prepared to lay that one thing down or two or three that keeps you from having intimacy with the Lord, if you are prepared to do that this morning, and then I want you to come with an open heart and with a, a, a prayerful heart and with an expectant heart that the Lord will help you to overcome that one thing or two things and come and have your communion. It's a, it's a step of faith that we take. It says, Lord, yes, I have this. Uh, yes, I have this. But I, I want to change. I want to give myself fully to you this year. And then you have your communion. Um, so, so what we want to do, just the, the, the practical, I see my wife is already trying to show the practical things. So we're going to go row by row from the, the first one to the back. Um, you can come and just put whatever you have offering in, in offering the, the, the basket, have your communion, and go back to your seats. Um, you, you, you can all have your communion in your own time with, with the Lord. And then afterwards, we're just going to end with one more song, and then we're done. Amen? So um, whenever you're ready, you can come and have communion. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are wonderful, as the song says. You are wonderful to me. And I pray, Lord, I just want to conclude today, Lord Jesus, and I pray that, that today... When we walk out these doors, Lord God, that you will begin to work within us. That your, that your Holy Spirit will fully flow in us and through us. That we will see and speak and live from a, a, 
another depth of revelation of who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.